1: Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet advocate that is concerned about dogs and cats outliving their owners. I will tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. covered in pet hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Arada. And today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, an advocate, an avid e-biker. And I just learned what e-biking means. She's dedicated to walking her dogs. She's originally from Florida, currently lives outside of Sacramento. She's in corporate marketing for 23 years. She's dogma to five spoiled rescue dogs. She's wife to a spouse she says is not spoiled at all. She's also the founder and executive director of Second Chance for Pets, an all-virtual volunteer organization. Her name is Amy Shiva. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited. We finally got to do this. We had to cancel like twice. But <laughs> that's, the in. <laughs> that's the holidays for you. Uh, something in the winter always goes wrong. The holidays end up overwhelming us. And here we are. And finally connecting. So I'm so happy to have you on the show. I can't wait to get into the nitty gritty of what we're talking about today. Longevity of pets and their pet parents and that they don't always line up, do they? No,
2: not at all. And people really do care so much about their animals and it's amazing to see how much people spend every year on their pets they actually spend
1: more money on
2: their pets
1: than people spend
2: on candy and toys
1: don't tell my kid that he's going to be like we got to spend more on candy and toys mom it's interesting that you should say that for sure because then people kind of fall other things that they should be spending time and effort and money on kind of fall through the cracks
2: yes so You know, I mean, people just are obsessed with their animals, which is a good thing. And there's been a really incredible movement towards compassion and helping people with, you know, that are disabled or don't have a lot of money. Over the past few years, there's just been this great evolved movement to helping people with their pets. So, and this is a very timely topic.
1: Absolutely. For sure. It's always timely, right? I mean, we never know what comes next. COVID taught us that. So we never know what's on the horizon. Well, before we go any further on the topic at hand today, I want to introduce our drinking game. Anybody participating in our drinking game today? Anytime you hear this word.
0: The secret word is plan.
1: Make sure you take a drink of whatever it is you're enjoying, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whether you're watching at 10 a.m. or whether you're watching at midnight, whatever you do, please do not drink and drive. Always drink responsibly and make sure you're of age wherever you're joining us from. So what are you drinking today, Amy? I have a very
2: nice, boring, organic peach lemon tea with local honey in it because I'm trying to everybody says, are you going to do the local honey in order to combat allergies? So I'm giving it a shot.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We do local honey here too. We love it. And actually, today I'm keeping it kind of boring today too. I have a latte. I can. This is prettier than mine. (laughs) I have to start my day with a coffee. I don't know if it's motherhood or what, but like I tried to give up coffee years ago. Now I'm back to being a coffee drinker. So cheers to you! Thank you for being on the show, Amy. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. Well, I always start this show with a game. And today we're playing, our first game today, it's called Did It Happen Rescue Edition. And I actually found this really cute website called bestlifeonline.com. And they have an article where they are sharing 16 pet adoption stories that will make you cry. Well, I am going to give you a few of these stories, maybe mix in a couple of the non-true stories. And I wanted you to tell me if it's a true story or if it's a false story that I snuck in there, all right? Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, here we go. When Bear was still a puppy, he was hit by a car at a gas station and left for dead. The accident led him to lose both of his eyes. And when his owner saw him at the pet hospital, she just left him there. Luckily, a member of the hospital staff told her daughter about Bear, and she welcomed the pit bull into her home and her heart. Did it happen? Yes. Are you familiar with that story? No, but I have
2: a dog that had both eyes removed. And so I know that, you know, blind dogs are easy peasy. I can tell you, I have another blind dog now, born blind. They're the easiest dogs. They adjust, they actually use their whiskers to get around. They're amazing dogs. I mean, when our dog had both of his eyes removed, we were all crying and we were all concerned. And the next day he has all these stitches all over his face. He looks horrible. He's just happy as a clam and he's
1: finding his way around. I mean, it's just, they don't care. That's so interesting you should say that because one of my dogs, Radar, had a glaucoma and he had to get one eye removed. And I remember the same feelings we were crying. We were worried. I was posting on social media. Send me good vibes. My dog is losing his eye today. He has never acted like he even noticed it was gone. And I think for him specifically, it was relief because he had so yes. much pressure buildup back there. That yeah, it was a-
2: and what they say is that if your dog has any kind of eye problems, it could be equivalent to a migraine and they don't yes. tell you. Right. So I always encourage people, make sure you go to an ophthalmologist and get the eyes checked just to make sure they're not in pain.
1: Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay, the next one is back in 2016, a video of AJ, a six-year-old Labrador retriever, went viral for showing just how human a dog's reaction to being abandoned can be. The video from the Carson Animal Shelter in California showed the poor dog gasping back sobs in sorrow and confusion upon realizing that he had been surrendered. Did it happen? I think so. That's very possible. It absolutely happened. The good news is that he and his brother went home together soon thereafter because it got so much media attention. So, thank goodness. What's amazing to me is to see what
2: kind of emotion any kind of animal has. And, you know, those are things that we need to take into account because, you know, our pets really feel emotion a lot. So, just another reason to spend more money on them. (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness, and plan for them. Here's number three, Bruno, the coolest and sassiest abandoned cat. Everybody fell in love with him in August of 2018 when Bruno, the high maintenance cat, a 25-pound, seven-year-old cat who was picked up by Right Way Rescue in Illinois and deemed too cool to be homeless, um, made his 15 minutes of fame. Did this happen or did it not? Why not? I think it would happen. It happened. It happened. Let's see. He was so extra, they say, that he stands on his hind legs when demanding food and expects to be pet while eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also needs multiple water bowls to be placed for him around the house, which is not that high maintenance for a cat. That's kind of normal for a cat. And then he's now living in a home where he's treated like royalty, as he Aww. should be. And you can follow him on Instagram. Who knew? (laughs) All right, let's do this last one. Possibly one of the most heartbreaking photos to ever appear on the internet came in April 2015 when it showed an extremely forlorn six-year-old hound mix holding up a cardboard sign saying, why doesn't anybody want me? Did it happen or did it not? I'm going to say it didn't happen. It did happen. It was a pit bull named Chester. So I guess oh, so somebody wrote over. the sign for the dog. Yes, it happened. The sign was written for the dog by the North Fork Animal Hospital in oh, New York. Okay. Why doesn't anybody want me? I've been waiting five years. Everyone at the shelter tells me I'm a good boy. Why doesn't anybody want to adopt me? I promise to be good and love my new family. And he went viral and he was adopted a few hours later. So yay, Aww, Chester, congratulations. Good, that is a good story. All right, so I love to promote rescue. I hope that that gets people excited about helping people rescue animals. And we're going to talk about rescue, 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 but I want to talk to you about how you ended up. Have you're still working in the corporate world as a marketing pro and you've been doing for 18 years you've had Second Chance for Pets. Like how did that happen?
2: So I ended up moving to California in the 80s. And I didn't know anybody. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the local shelter and walk dogs. <laughs> so, and it was kind of an interesting situation because the shelter was close by a prison. And so the only other volunteers there were these prisoners that were cleaning cages all day. So I helped start the rescue group to support that shelter, Tri-Valley Animal Rescue. And it was just this really amazing learning experience about pets being surrendered. And one of the things that was really frustrating was people would show up with, you know, their relatives pets saying, oh, my dad just passed away. Here's his two mini poodles that have been sitting on his lap and sleeping in his bed for 10 years. And we don't know what to do with them. And so these animals, you know, there's the stray animals that come off the street that are just happy to have a, a warm place and a a bowl of food and then you have these other animals who are so overwhelmed by being in the shelter that they just curl up in a ball they're not going to eat they're deemed unadoptable and you know it's very difficult to adopt those animals out mm-hmm. so i kept thinking about you know what would happen to my pets if you know they ended up in this situation and you know the sad thing is is when when people have relatives who've passed away is that they're so overwhelmed with making arrangements and you know cleaning out someone's house and, you know, all these other things. It's not that easy to rehome a pet. It's just, we all know it's not easy. (laughs) So I started looking into what options were available and there really weren't a lot of options. Pet trusts were an up and coming thing. Um, There's now 40 states that recognize pet trusts, but a lot of people aren't doing trusts. There's a very small percentage of Americans who will actually take the time to do a will or trust, even for their own children, because it always comes down to, okay, who's going to be that caregiver? So I, I had to really work with a lot of different organizations to come up with, what are some of the things that we can do that are simple to Advocate for this cause to get people aware of this, to have them thinking about this, but also give them the solutions and the tools and the information so that they can have
1: some kind of plan in place so that their pets will always receive care, no matter what happens to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And I spent a lot of time on your website preparing for our interview. And I saw that you always post your milestones for every year, which I think is wonderful. How many volunteers you've had, how many downloads you've had. So can you come up with a ballpark figure of how many pet parents and pets you've helped since the creation of Second Chance for Pets? Um,
2: Well, because we're an advocacy group, most of our focus is on getting our information out. So the veterinarian community is a really important part of what we do. We have over 800,000 pieces of literature in vet clinics all over the country. We speak at vet conferences, we do workshops for vets, because, you know, if you think about it, veterinarians are the link to responsible pet owners. Unfortunately, the person who has their dogs chained up in the backyard will never think about this. They don't care. Mm -hmm. But for the millions and millions of other pet owners, they have thought about this and they don't know what to do, or they need to think about this (laughs) because, you know, with more than 500,000 animals ending up at the shelter only because their owners have passed away or ended up at a nursing home and have never made a plan. That's a huge opportunity to just have all these pet owners do something, whether it's, you know, having a caregiver or doing a will or doing any of these things, but, if you know, all these responsible pet owners did something, then so
1: many less animals would end up basically being orphaned. Yeah, absolutely. In 18 years, a lot has changed. And you're in marketing, so you better than anybody know how different things are. Do you think that the mentality has also changed? Like where pet parents are more open to making these plans now than maybe they were when you first started? Well, I think um, once people either have thought about this or it's
2: come to their attention, then I think it doesn't matter when that happens, you know, they're anxious to have us send them more information or find things on our website. But with the pandemic, it's a lot of people have thought about, you know, what's going to happen to them. I mean, they know people who have become sick, or unfortunately, people have passed away. And so it's become more of a topic of discussion and something people think are thinking about, no matter what age they are. And so there's a statistic now that there's close to 11% of animals since the pandemic are being, more are being surrendered to shelters versus just a few years ago, they were estimating around seven or 8%. So, you know, you're thinking about all these pets that are now without people to take care of them, without families. And so, you know, it's more important now to really be thinking about, for every pet owner, what do they want to do to make sure that their animals will always receive care?
1: Absolutely. Do you find that I'm sure and I this is just based on my imagination or what I know of young, younger folk. Do you think that because they're young, people are like, eh, I'm not my dog's not going to outlive me. You know, do you I don't find think so? No? I think, um, you know, people that are seeing people getting sick or
2: you know they're thinking about their own selves. So I think the topic has become more top of mind. And we used to be hearing a lot from senior centers right. and elderly and you know, people who get it. <laughs> you know, we've mm-hmm. done a lot of work with Meals on Wheels. But just over the past few years, it's been all ages of people. And shelters and rescues are also part of that now because they are trying to be proactive. And as an example, they're asking people when they adopt a pet, what's your backup plan? You know, if something happens to you, is your animal coming back to the shelter, which is sometimes not an ideal situation? Or do you have a family member or a friend who has agreed to take over the care of your pet? So, you know, that's, I guess, a good thing that's happened from the pandemic. (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot of people in different professions too that feel that effect. Pet sitters, for example, Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work with the pet sitters organizations. And It's interesting that people who have pet sitters and dog walkers just assume if something happens to them, their pet sitters are going to take their pets. And believe me, it happens. And Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you're a loyal pet sitter, and you've been taking care of people's pets for years and years, you're not going to take all their animals and suddenly dump them at the animal shelter. You're going to try to figure something out. Right. So, you know, my work with the pet sitter community is make sure that if they are going to have you as a backup caregiver, that needs to be in writing and there needs to be a financial plan.
1: Absolutely. Well, I was a pet sitter. I ran a pet sitting dog walking business for 12 years in the DC area since 2008 to 2012, 20 when the pandemic hit. And uh, we had a pet guardianship clause in our agreement. We had them fill it out and we would not take on any new clients without somebody's That's name so in there phone numbers. And a lot of people kind of left it blank and were like, eh. and I would have to say, no, no, I'm not doing the consultation until you give yeah. me this name. And it always said, make sure they know you've put them down. Please give me a phone number that works, an email, an address, everything that I can do to find them. Because I was already, I had four dogs of my own. There was no way yeah. I was going to take more. Well, and my dog, it's interesting that you say that we try to trick people too not trick but we try to force
2: them to thinking about it and one of the things that we've been sending out for several years because of our work with the animal care and control organization is door hangers that people put on their doors and it says who is your backup care- caregiver And we ask them for two names and phone numbers yep because the animal care and control people have told us that how many times that they you know someone's ended up at the hospital they go into their house they've taken their animals and brought them to the shelter But if you have these signs on your door and it gives specific instructions of who to call, and where these animals need to go, then that is, you know, saving a step and making sure your pets don't end up going to the shelter.
1: Absolutely. You don't even want them there for 24 hours. You know, what can happen. You know, you don't want them back in the system when even just your sister, you know, uh, across the country could be setting things in motion to come get your pets. Well, we have to take a break here, but I want to come back later and talk more about the aging community, the pets, the benefits of having pets after retirement, but also the considerations one should make for that specific population. So sit tight. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors.
0: Here's an alarming statistic. More than two-thirds of dogs and cats have oral health disease by the age of three. And one of the indicators is bad breath. Do your pets have a healthy mouth? Do you cringe when it's time for a kiss or a snuggle? Let's get to the cause. Harmful bacteria in their mouth. And bad breath is just the start. The bad bacteria cause tartar and oral disease, which can lead to serious overall health problems. It's critical to make sure your pet's oral health is the best it can be, as good dental health is key to optimizing their overall health. Now, good news. It's easy and affordable to improve their oral health with Probiora Pet. Just one scoop of this dental care probiotic mixed into their food daily floods the mouth with positive bacteria, which crowds out the bad. This means better oral health and fresher breath. Probiora Pet is an all-natural dental care probiotic. It's odor and taste-free, so your pets will still enjoy their chow. We want to keep your pets healthy. During National Pet Oral Health Month, our listeners can save 10%. Go to ProBiorapet.com and use PLR10 at checkout. That's Probiorapet.com. Use PLR10 at checkout to save 10%. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. (laughs) PetLiferadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, And today I am talking to Amy Schieber, who is the founder of Second Chance for Pets. She is focused on making sure that pet parents have a plan should their pets live longer than they do. If something happens, you never know. The pandemic has taught us that. So we want to focus now on the aging population, retirees, those in assisted living or retirement communities. So I want to play a game first before we dig in. And the game, it's called Pets and the Elderly. Are you ready to play, Amy? I'm ready awesome 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 okay so this is again a true and false kind of a trivia game and I'm going to give you some facts that I found online across different websites I did a little bit of research for this and you're going to tell me if these statements are true or if they are false and this is all to do with pets and their effect on the elderly ready I'm ready awesome (laughs) okay here we go According to "Get Healthy, Get a Dog," a special health report from Harvard Medical School, just petting a dog can lower the petter's blood pressure and heart rate, while having a positive effect on the dog too. Is this true or yes.
0: false? Yes, it, that's it's true. true. And
2: it's actually when we present to seniors, we have a whole list of health benefits that you know people may or may not realize. Um, as a, another interesting fact is. Somebody, a man that has a heart attack is more likely to live longer if they have a pet than a man that doesn't have a pet who has had a heart attack. I mean, there's these fascinating scientific studies that people have done that just justify how important it is for people to have pets and how the health benefits
1: that they get from that. It's so true. Okay, here's some more actually facts about that. A survey of 14 community dwelling adults age 65 or older with pets by the journal Aging and Mental Health found that their pets may benefit them by giving them a sense of purpose and meaning. Is that true or false? Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) yes. Aging is tough because I feel like I find that with my grandmother who's 85 and I'll I'll talk about her experience shortly. But she was just uh, placed in an assisted living facility. She's doing great, adapting great. But I feel like she misses being part of like helping in the household and cooking for yeah. everybody and having that sense of purpose. So she doesn't get to nurture anybody. We nurture her now. So I love that that is uh, something that we're studying, that the sense of purpose that seniors can have by adopting a pet. All right, next one. Having a pet of any kind can boost the mood and promote brain health. True or false? Yes, response. absolutely true. Even a hamster, even a lizard. <laughs> Any pet, but I don't think assisted living facilities are keen on like snakes and such. So (laughs) I think that's where that's where you have to draw the line. All right. It has been scientifically proven that cats have a better impact on dementia than dogs. True or false? Hmm.
2: That's a good one. I am going to
1: say true. It's actually false. I totally made it up. (gasps) From what I could tell, from what I could tell, dogs actually benefit the dogs that are walked have benefit brain health benefits because of of the exercise because exercise is good to for preventing dementia so that is something i totally made up it could be true but i did not find that anywhere well Uh, i think you know for people who have
2: any type of or have any type of mental incapacity um that a cat or dog is definitely going to help with that and you know you a really quick story. My husband is in healthcare and he worked at a state run senior facility and he could not get patients to talk to him. They just, you know, just didn't want to talk to him. They just wanted to sit in their rooms all day. But at the time, we had this big, happy, crazy lab and he would bring the lab with him. And these people would get out of bed and say, Come here, doggy. Aww. And I mean, that was the only time that they ever even said anything. They would actually, you know, their whole mentality would change because of the sight and being around
1: another animal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. This one's interesting. And I, this is something I found online. So you can tell me if it's been true in your experience, 18 years plus often county or city shelters will adopt out pets to residents in their city who are 55 and above at no charge or at a significantly reduced charge. Is this true or false? It is true. And what's really exciting about what I've seen over the
2: past several years, there's programs called FOSPIS in addition to foster. And a lot of rescues and shelters are now covering the costs of the vet care, the food, I mean, everything for people who are fostering either short term fostering or long term fostering animals, which really, you know, is is this a huge benefit, especially for seniors who are on a limited, you know, budget. Yes. There's, you know, a great reason for them to take in an animal because they don't have to worry about the vet care and the food and everything else.
0: So it's, it's a really good, it's a really
2: cool thing that's happening.
1: I love that. I love that idea because it makes it attainable to those that just really in a fixed, on a fixed income couldn't a- a- attain it. For phosphus,
2: phosphus is all around taking an animal that may have three months or three years or you know five more years. And people who take in these pets are, again, given all the vet care. They don't have to worry about anything. But these animals don't have to live out their lives in a shelter. They're living out the rest of their lives in somebody's home, which is really cool.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, a couch beats a cold shelter floor any day of the week. Right. <laughs> and somebody's lap is even better. I actually have uh, the same dog that had his eye removed radar. He loves to see my grandmother. And anytime she comes, even if she's sitting in her wheelchair, cause she has, she's mobility impaired now. She's waiting for a full knee replacement, but she'll sit in her wheelchair and he just jumps on top. And you know what? My grandmother's not a huge Animal person. She's like the exception in our family. My grandfather was my dad's side of the family. Everybody's obsessed with pets. My grandmother's always been like, she's always had them because everybody else wanted them, but she was always like, "Eh." but this dog and her have this bond where sometimes I go visit her and I just take him with me because I know that he like really brightens up her day and he loves her lap. If there is any lap in the room that he wants to sit on, it's hers. So I love to see that happen too. It's so nice. Uh, Last one some retirement and assisted living communities have a community pet that is shared by all the residents and is there to boost morale. Is this true or false? That
2: is true. And I think that's a really good plan because not every senior community is capable of taking in pets and dealing with litter boxes and all the things that go along, but having at least one to be there, to be a companion to people is you know, really important. So that's a really good
1: thing. Yes. I love that idea too. It's funny because my grandmother just went into an assisted facility, a living facility, just like I just said, and it's a very high end facility. So it's a little bit different than most Facilities, and my grandmother does not have any pets. But we, you know, we see signs on the doors that say like "Don't let the cats out." And one day, I was I was walking with my kids, and there was a cat just sitting there. My kids are thrilled because we don't have cats, so they got to see a cat. And there's, you know, its owner just kind of sitting in her wheelchair, smiling that we're so excited to see her cat. But it does kind of give me pause because there's one gentleman that has a doxy named uh, Whiskey, and I see him walking Whiskey. All the time, which is wonderful. They both get exercise, but sometimes I see him like picking up after whiskey, and I get worried that he's going to get hurt. Oh, that yeah, at some wow. point he's not going to be able to do that. Wow. And in this facility, they do the scooping. I think they'll walk the dog if the person is incapable of doing it themselves. But again, I think that's an extra cost, and that's not attainable for everybody. So, what are your thoughts about kind of these considerations for for the families of those going into assisted living?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if there's a way to have the pets stay with owners, I mean, that's obviously the best, uh, most ideal situation. The one question I have is, you know, Wendy's facilities do allow pets, do they, you know, say, okay, we welcome you and we welcome your pets and let's make sure we have a backup plan so that you know, this animal, if it outlives you, who's going to take it where the care instructions, you know, all of those things. Yes. Um, but you know, there's this whole movement now of keeping pets together and there's actually a lot of large organizations that are giving grants called keeping pets together. I mean, that's kind of the whole mantra and it's all about, you know, whether the person's disabled or whether the person, you know, something has happened to that person gone to the hospital because, you know, the pandemic and they're there for three or four months. Rather than taking that animal and placing it in the shelter, finding ways to keep the pets with the families, Um, because it doesn't really make sense. You know, if somebody can't afford the vet care, taking that animal and trying to find it in another home is just a big disruption. Whereas if you can pay and help that pet owner cover the cost of the care, then that pet's happy, the family's happy, that animal doesn't end up in the shelter system. There's a couple of organizations like um, Kansas City, KC Pets that has these new programs that have just been developed over the past few years where they are getting grants and funding these programs so that if somebody does end up in the hospital or something happens, that they come up with the funds to keep that pet with somebody else until that family member or that pet owner is well enough to take that pet. And they're covering all the costs, they're covering the vet care, if there's some kind of surgery that's required, that's being covered. So, you know, these things are all new over the past few years. And, and i see more and more rescues and shelters adopting these best practices, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I think I want to, you know, help, I want to volunteer at the assisted living facilities that are pet friendly and help scoop litter boxes. Cause I feel like for those that don't have, you know, some people have to call in and I know because in the pet sitting industry, there are people who specialize in retirement communities and they go in and they scoop litter boxes for like half a day. They go to all the residents that have hired them to scoop litter boxes, but not everybody can afford to do that. So if, I would be able to get in touch with like a program like this, that maybe I could be like a helper, just a helper. I'm not going to come and take your pet, you know, permanently, but I could help while you're in the facility or when you're, while you're recuperating from a knee replacement or whatever, help with pets. I wonder if you have any, you know, links uh, for something like that. Just uh, let me know and I'll put it in the video description and I'll share it. There's
2: actually some information on our website about organizations. There's a very well-known organization called PAWS. And of course I can't remember what PAWS stands for, but it started in san francisco and it was for taking care of people who had aids and so they have volunteers that would go to these houses every single day help take care of the pets make sure the dogs get walked and there's been a number of organizations that have taken that model and you know they're doing those similar things uh, there's one out of colorado associated with one of the universities there and i know about these organizations cuz they contact us for our materials or written instructions and things you know our online will programs because they want to make sure that they're supporting these people as best as possible and also making sure that they're being preventative in their communities to get people to think about this because unfortunately when it comes down to when someone gets sick sometimes it becomes a desperate situation and that's the worst thing you can do and i mean you and i both see all these horrible stories about this person is sick in the hospital, what are we going to do with its 10 cats and 10 dogs? I mean, that's not the time to plan because mm-hmm. then you're just like any warm body will just, oh, you some stranger on Facebook, you're going to take these animals. Great, here you go. Mm-hmm. That's really not the best way to do it. But if you Absolutely. think about it in advance and have a plan in place and have people committed to taking over the care of the pets, then you don't have to get into these crazy situations where it becomes, you know,
1: a horrible situation. Desperate, yes, for sure. So actually, that leads me to my next question. How do you recommend people choose a guardian for their pets?
2: So that's not easy. I mean, a lot
1: of people have to get out of their comfort
2: zones and have that conversation. And a lot of people assume, oh, my daughter or my sister or, you know, those types of things are going to happen, but they don't have that conversation with their family members. And, you know, what I tell people is talk to your vet clinics, talk to your pet sitters, talk to people you meet at the dog park. We've all been to the dog park, and we know all the names of the dogs, but we don't know who the people are, have conversations with those people. And it could be as simple as, hey, if something happens to you, I will be happy to take your pets. And, you know, we hopefully that person is also willing to do the same. But even if it's for having a short term solution, having that conversation and having somebody who is available to take over the care of the pets, if you're in a car accident, you end up at the hospital, you're stuck on I-95 and 27 hours of. <laughs> yes, I just heard about you know, that too. Yes. You can't oh my get goodness. your pets, you know, having somebody as a backup person who is responsible who understands what the care requirements are to take over the care of the pets and It's interesting because when we go to senior centers, we don't walk in and say, so what's going to happen to your pets if something happens to you? I mean, they don't really want to think about that, but we start by talking about emergency situations. What happens in case of a fire or a flood or a tornado or, you know, whatever, are you prepared? Do you have a plan in place? Do you know where to take your pets? And oh, by the way, do you have a responsible backup caregiver because that is really the most important thing but again people have to have that conversation i get emails every day i don't have a backup caregiver (laughs) none of my family members are going to take my pets have they had the conversations have they again gone out of their comfort zone to talk to people about this and yeah yeah, it's not easy nobody wants to talk about you know what's going to happen when they pass away. But once they have this plan in place, they will have peace of mind. They won't have to worry about it. So.
1: Absolutely. And actually my mom actually had an experience recently. She lost one of her best friends to cancer and she had always volunteered to take in the best friend's dog, you know, until the son who lives out of state could take the dog permanently. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately timing didn't add up. And my sister was actually staying with my mom when her best friend went into hospice and my sister's dog is not dog friendly, so she couldn't receive the dog as she had planned. And so the family had to scramble a little bit. So from my perspective, I think maybe having a couple short term options would yeah, be ideal. Absolutely. And one of them, do you think one of them could be a professional pet sitting service that maybe one of your relatives has their contact information? They have your key You know, the son is on his way from Ohio or from wherever he was coming from. And in the interim, I think a professional pet sitter could step in. Do you think that's a good option?
2: I think so. I think that, you know, ideally, if people have adopted from a rescue or shelter, they should, when they adopt, they should have that conversation. And shelters are having the conversations now because, you know, if a foster is available with the rescue and that person adopted from that rescue, then that's a good situation too, because that animal can go into foster as a short-term or a long-term situation. Perfect. And, you know, it comes down to like the whole microchip thing. That's one of the reasons that rescue groups put their name and number on the microchips, because if anything happens, the pet is returned to them. Yes. And then they can help figure out what is the best course of action for that pet. Is there a human out there Mm -hmm. that's part of the family or part of that person's network that can take over the care of the pet? Or is it up to that rescue group to, you know, rehome and find a good home for those pets?
1: So why do you think people fail to plan? What is the biggest (laughs) obstacle? Is it the fact that it's just a hard conversation to have? You know, I think it's kind of an American thing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think other cultures do a better job of that? Yeah, I, I
2: I, actually do. There's, you know, like in Europe and Canada, I mean, if you look at the percent of pet owners that have pet insurance versus Americans, there's a lot of communities in like, especially Western Europe where they have programs in place. I mean, they've already thought about it. You know, if something happens to somebody, they already have a program for not just pets, but for the rest of the family. I mean, they, right. They will help and, you know, and circle around the pets and the animals and everybody else to make sure that anybody that's remaining from that family is taken care of. We don't do that here. We don't do a great job of that here. Um, I think it's getting better. But, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we do a great job with people either. I mean, you know, hurricanes hit Louisiana every single year and you see people without shelters. Mm-hmm. So, you know we just have to do a better job all around and planning but what is you know the thing to, i always recommend is just to keep it simple and so for people who just don't have a lot of time they are really against doing a complex will there's you know a lot of other tools and a lot of resources to help them that are don't require a lot of time don't require a lot of money but
1: it will make sure that they have something in place for their pets so that brings me to all the resources your website has to offer. It is a wealth of knowledge. You have a will tool that you can uh, describe for us, but you also have a lot of other resources on there. Can you give us a little bit of a highlight on what you offer for pet Oh, Sure. Planning?
2: So the very first page, we have a four page and a two page care instructions guide that anybody can just download and print. One has bigger font versus the other. And, you know, basically that's really important for a number of reasons because our pets can't talk. They can't say, Hey, I don't like it when there's lightning and I need a pill every day at three o'clock for, you know, whatever it is, or I like to sleep on this certain bed on certain days. And so having all these instructions in writing is really, really important and having those instructions where people can find them. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to... Give a copy to your vet, give a copy to your pet sitters, um, anybody who's involved in your, with your animals, and keep them updated. People's backup caregivers are going to change. Their diets are going to change. Uh, you may have decisions about your pets as they get older that are going to change. So it's really simple to, you know, keep a document ready to go and have this with you, too, when, you know, if you do get evacuated because of the fire or tornado or whatever it is, you know, having these instructions are going to be really helpful. The online will is something that we've provided over the past few years. And it takes 20 minutes to complete. It's completely free. It's valid in 50 states. And that's a legitimate legal document that anybody can use, whether or not they have pets. Oh, wow. But you know, that too will help people have a plan in place. Now they are required to have name a caregiver. Now that caregiver can be a rescue or shelter. But what I recommend is that before you put that caregiver's name or the shelter's name or the rescue in that will, that you've had that conversation with them and they have an agreement with you, even if it's just verbal but having it in writing is really, really helpful. The other things that we have on our website that I think are really valuable is we have a pretty comprehensive list of animal sanctuaries in the United States. We have probably somewhere around 300 sanctuaries. We have sanctuaries for birds. We have sanctuaries for cats. We have sanctuaries for old dogs. And that's another option for people who, you know, don't just don't have a caregiver. We also have on our website what's called an evaluation form. So if people are considering a sanctuary or a perpetual care program, that they should look at that list and ask these questions. Is this sanctuary a good place for my dog? Oh, they only do one kind of food and the dogs only get walked once a week. Well, maybe that's not a great situation for your dog. Perpetual care programs are kind of interesting. And I really like some of the ones that are, exist out there. There's one in at Texas A&M, which is kind of like a a farm setting, and people make arrangements to put a deposit down. And if something happens to them, then a portion of their will goes to paying that sanctuary to take over the care of their pets. And these animals live in a home environment. Now, there are some programs where the animals are going to live in a kennel. So that's probably not a great situation for a lot of animals who've been used to a lot of care and companionship. So it's really important that before people make the decision who that caregiver is, or if it's a sanctuary or if it's a program that they carefully think about, is this the right place for my pets to live out the rest of their life?
1: Last question. And this is where you kind of already hinted at it. Money. I'm sure that you recommend that people have funds to give for the guardians. Do you have any kind of idea of how much people should be thinking of leaving in their will for their pets care? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because um, if it comes down to it, and
2: you've left too much money. And we've seen this happen with some really, really wealthy people that their wills get contested, because it does the money isn't justified. I mean, this has happened a couple times over the past several years, where people leave, you know, $10 million to one little poodle. And of course, the family members are going to go, well, That dog doesn't need $10 million. So, you know, there's a a lot of things that I think we have some of this on our website is, for example, a bird is a classic example. A bird can live to 80 years. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're going to spend $1,000 a year on that bird. Then you need to either set aside a fund or as part of your life insurance, commit to $1,000 per year for if your bird's one years old, then it could live to 79 more years making sure that that is been communicated. And I mentioned the life insurance policy, and that's a really great solution for people who don't have money to leave aside. They can simply name a human beneficiary in their life insurance and have that conversation and a commitment with that person that if something happens to human who's passed away the person who gets the life insurance policy is committed to covering the
1: cost and taking care of the pets that are left behind. That is great, great advice. Okay. So how can our audience learn more about all that Second Chance for Pets has to offer? Both our website and our Facebook page, um, it's
2: 2ND, the word chance, the number four pets. So again, 2ND, Chance for Pets. And.org .org is our website. And then on Facebook, it's really easy to find us. And we post the links to our, we post the links to the care instructions guide, to the online will. There's a number of recorded webinars that are posted to our Facebook page. There's a lot of resources on our website, including in the frequently asked questions section. We have over 200 organizations that provide financial assistance to pets that a lot of people use. <laughs> So there's a lot of information on there. And if people get stumped and they're looking for something, they can simply send us an email or go through our website and our contact us form. And we typically get back to people within 24 hours. But for rescues and shelters who are looking for information to share with their communities and their adopters and their volunteers, we tell them don't recreate the wheel. We already have so much content that they can plug into their newsletters or send out to new adopters or follow up with existing, you know, people who've adopted, but there's a lot of good information to just help people think about this topic and also address their specific situations. So hopefully, you know, more people will be thinking about this and have something in place and at a minimum, having a committed backup caregiver who will take over the care of the pets. Uh, but I really appreciate you giving us this time. To oh my gosh, it's my
1: pleasure. I just want to propose a toast to you, actually. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> because you, I mean, seriously, this is such a wealth of information and it's practical and it's accessible. Here's to you. Here's to all the dedication. I'm sure it takes a ton of time to manage volunteers and (laughs) get everything running so cheers to you thank you for all that you do for the pet thank you so much it was great talking to you likewise i also want to propose a toast to our executive producer mark winter for making this show possible here's to you mark and to our audience on pet life radio and our viewers on youtube thank you for spending your time with us make sure you plan for your pets please 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 it would make our year so here is to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live cheers To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.